0: Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. And tonight I am do- joined once again by many friends of the show. We got Tyler Yankee, Craig Smoke, and Dag from the Morning After. Guys, how's it going tonight?
1: Good. How's it going?
0: So, I, actually, <laughs> sure. Dag, was it you or was it uh, was it Clyde that shared this article in the the Morning After group chat? I thought it was... I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> it might have been Clyde. Uh, so, and the headline is, it, it catches you right away. When localism becomes nationalism. And then when you read the opening line of the article, at the farmer's market, I found something I didn't expect. White supremacists. Now, I don't know why she didn't expect to find white supremacists at the farmer's market, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, we all make poor life choices, I guess. <laughs> um, and this, and what was really, really interesting about this is, it's from uh, ChristianCentury.org, so it's not like a normal leftist rag. Well, I don't know. Uh, some of the Are you I sure? perused, I perused ChristianCentury.org, uh, and I didn't see anything that was like super woke. But uh, you know, who knows? With with the way modern Christianity is. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, that, so that was another interesting twist on this is the, the Christianity aspect of it. And, and she talks about that some uh, in the second half of the article. Um, let's let's get some like just general cliff notes, uh, ideas and, and thoughts on on the article itself. Like, What were your expectations going in? And then uh, and then as it progressed, what what were you kind of thinking as you were coming through this thing? Who do you want to go? Anybody. It's open, open forum.
2: I'll, I'll start. Um, first of all, if you click on at the bottom of it, there's some tags there. And if you click on one of them, which is white supremacy, it brings up a bunch of different articles. So I'm just talking about the subjective nature of this uh, blog itself or this website. Uh, the Rittenhouse verdict and the twisting of natural law. That's one of the articles in there. So you might be able to, and I checked that guy out, some lawyer, Gunnar Gunderson. Uh, he's a total woke, woke Snoke, uh, That's his anyway, name.
0: Does, his Gunner, name is Gunnar Gunnarsson.
2: And he looks Indian. So, uh, but he's a, he's an IP attorney and, and, uh, down South doesn't matter. Um, I couldn't, cl- I clicked on that one to read it and it cost me four ninety five. So i said, fuck you. And I wasn't going to read it. Uh-huh. Uh, my first take on it. First of all, when I looked at it, the first opening sentence is about Joel Salighton. And I don't know if you know much about him, but I know plenty. And if, uh, so then I was already, um, biased in this whole thing, knowing where it was going, there's been articles over and over and over about the white supremacy, uh, of the, the food market and this agricultural, you know, uh, little niche in there. So, um, I knew exactly what it was going in and, uh, it didn't, it did not disappoint.
0: Didn't you say your, your wife subscribes to,
2: Oh, I found these. Yeah. So, uh, white mother supremacist <laughs> no this is this is the woke uh, mother earth news it's a, uh, it's it's really good for your 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 home garden people you know trying to be sustainable ag and all this stuff and this joel salatin he's been on tom uh, wood's show by the way he's a he's a libertarian his big crime we could talk about all this but his big crime was calling out this other this black guy who said, "Hey, his his whole ideas about farming uh, being self-sustaining and making a business aren't possible." And and Joel said, "This guy's been farming for six years. Uh, what does he know?" Now, this guy was a black Native American, so therefore he was racist. That's the racist thing that, that's that it. Uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Wow. So when you when you know that, and you could go down deep this hole within with all this stuff. Um, th- these are people. Okay, so. Here, here's what's what I found, and then I'll shut up and let you the real people talk. Um, uh, I do. Let's say you have a, a weird, obscure thing that you do. I mine is cycling. Okay, but I really want to talk politics. So you try to find some way that your politics can be interspersed with this topic you actually know a lot about. That's what I found here. They want to talk farming, but they really want to talk racism. So they tried to mix the two, and this is what, this is what came out. Yeah,
1: I, I felt that it was okay. really. They were really pushing it too. Like, they wanted to. They wanted yeah, sure. to address. What's going on? I heard something. Um, they wanted to like uh, um, address the farming thing, and it, it was like they were really stretching this whole racist narrative the whole time. And like, even they tied in like Christian separatism, and they're like, uh, oh, uh, there's the the sects of Christianity that. Like these churches, these specific Catholic sects, yeah, not sects, not Catholic sects, but sects um, that like break away and form their own communities of purity, so they can live together in their own communities, and that sets a dangerous precedent because they are they're uh, maintaining this ideology of purity, and when we are when we journey down venture down that road of ideology of purity, obviously that gets into purity of race. It's like you 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 you're like really stepping a lot of you're like jumping over a lot of steps to get from um, Christian separatism to racial segregation in like one sentence. And it's like, how how do you put like the whole church that like every church that I know uh, speaks on some form of purity. So are they all talking about like racial purity too? Because none of that like made any sense. It was very stretching to me.
2: The answer is yes.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh,
0: That was when she was talking about that with the with the Catholic groups that have kind of broken off and and they're doing their own thing. um, One of the other parts that I I thought was really interesting was she talks about how she just had this natural assumption that everybody at these farmers markets was uh, incredibly progressive and and hippies yeah hip the hippie farmers type uh types and and that they aligned with her like political ideologies just because they're environmentally conscious and they believe in taking care of taking care of the land that they that they farm and and that they utilize and and also because they believe in organic foods and healthy foods mm-hmm. and and stuff like that um so she, she automatically just assumed that all of these people were like incredibly progressive. And then she, <laughs> this is the part that really made me think that it's probably, it was probably something that she did, not something that any of them did, was when she talked about how leading up to the 2016 election, all of these, uh, all of these people were Trump supporters and she lost business because of her views on Trump. I I would almost guarantee you nobody at that farmer's market was talking about Trump or talking about politics or worried about any of that stuff until she started bringing it up.
1: Well, she didn't she didn't know their political leanings until she brought it up and they started leaving. So obviously she was the one that was pushing her bullshit in their face, not the other way around, because, like you said, it wasn't up until that point that she's like, oh, uh, I started talking out against Trump and they started leaving. Well, she didn't even realize that there was, God forbid, conservatives in this group of uh, uh, local farmers. I don't know if you've ever met uh, Midwest farmers. There's not too many liberal Midwest farmers. I, I live in Iowa. Exactly. And when she was like, oh, I didn't realize there'd be conservative people at the farmer's market, I'm like, Really?
0: <laughs> she's in fucking Appalachia. Like you should go in with the default that that's probably what all of them. Are. And in fact, if you're in Appalachia at a farmers market, you should probably just go in with the assumption that everybody is probably a white supremacist, and then start weeding out the ones that aren't. Don't don't go in the other way around. Like that. Yeah, you're she's not in, ass, or, ass in
1: Oregon or something.
0: <sighs>
1: and the other thing that that stood out to me was. This is like, kind of, without meaning to, she's kind of proving the point that not every conservative hates the environment like they like right. the media likes to portray. Like we all just want to dig oil and destroy the environment and and burn the world up. Obviously, I mean, she's said all these people like are pro environmentalist, pro like uh, organic farming, pro uh, sustainable farming, and. Oh, but God forbid they're Trump supporters. How can that be? I think her mind probably melted when she realized there are Trump supporters that also are okay with protecting the environment.
2: But but she she was able to resolve that, and you know how she was able to resolve that. She Racism. talked about yeah. Well, she talked about the mass shootings, right? Uh, the Christ Church guy. Uh, and she didn't mention Buffalo, but it was one another one in El Paso, which. You know a lot of libertarians right-wingers were pointing out at the time these are environmental uh wackos on the left and so she at least brought that out as part of their manifestos you know even buffalo guy was kind of like that but these other ones were very much so that's how she 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 then ties it in there these people are, are, are and they're, they're trump fans oh and then they're part of this uh sect that's going on mass slaughtering people because they're fascist and they're they're a, f- a weird sect of environmental environmentalists um there was so much you know, usually it's like you, you see someone and you're like, okay, they're just consistent on their ideology. I get it. And she was kind of like all over the board. Oh but, good God, yes. But but she did tie it with that and then the pandemic. And that's what I was interested to see if there was any gonna be any comments about that. She mentioned COVID and and the specifically, uh, let's see here, the pandemic has made this especially clear as to those who opt Self-determine and take the risk without consideration of broader consequences, <laughs> driving up the infection rate and harm others. So she was fully on board with that. And I think if, if you look at this Joel guy, which I think triggers if there's many articles across the, the Internet about this guy, because he's very famous and he's outspoken. Um, he's a self-professed uh, libertarian. He spoke at the LNC convention in 2020. Um, he's a capitalist. He's an environmentalist. He calls himself a lunatic and um the article that triggered everybody was called white fragility no 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 that wasn't the one whining and entitlement that's (laughs) so he doesn't I like yeah exactly what happened to our our other buddy he's having some technical problems
0: so uh, the big reason i want to dag on is because he and his wife actually like run booths at these farmers markets and sell all their stuff and and he he's living this life and and I, I definitely wouldn't consider Jag a white supremacist. I don't know. He he might lean a little bit more that way than than uh, your typical leftist, but he's definitely he's definitely not like me or Mark Metz style of white supremacist. So, you know, he, we can't. This is why we have him on the morning show is to balance us out. Um,
2: what what was her proof so I, of white supremacy though?
0: There was none. I, I saw absolutely nothing that proved white supremacy other than. Uh, so that, that that actually takes us to where I wanted to go with it. Is what did y'all think of her definitions of uh, expectations of localism? And then, yes. and then she ties localism into it Global. becoming nationalistic. And the only this is that's literally the only connection to white supremacy that she has through any right. of this is that nationalism is now white supremacy because the left said so. And that, well, she said, blood it. and soil. <laughs> yeah i I did think that was interesting and we should we should definitely talk about brexit Sweden and what's going on in europe with uh, some of this type right. of stuff too as we as we go but what what did y'all think about her overall uh explanation of localism and nationalism and where did she how did she get so far off how, in-
1: how quickly can 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 we like get you kicked off is that possible um <laughs> I mean we can try so First of all, it her definition of localism is more like tribalism, which I don't see any any real problem with tribalism, like self preservation at the local level. Um, but it, it 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 was ironic the way she started out the article. It was like basically saying that corporate agriculture and corporate food industry can't keep up. That's why we have so much poverty because the corporate level, the basically the global food system cannot keep up at the, uh, at all levels. And um, that's why we have extreme poverty. So that has to be met at a local level and the local people know the needs of their local community and they can provide for the needs of the local community. But then as she progressed towards the end, it turned into, well, Uh, localism cannot meet the needs of the local community. So that's why we need globalism or like global food. It it was like a complete 180 flip on it. And that was very confusing to me. And first my question was how the fuck can the local level not provide for itself? How, how can they not meet the needs at their own local level? If you're only specifically focused on your community, instead of sending like 90% of your crops to some big corporation, like an ethanol plant or a freaking uh, overseas trade and stuff, there should be more than enough fucking food, at least in the United States, to feed ourselves. That, so that whole opinion that uh, we can't feed ourselves is bullshit, in my opinion. The second thing being uh, we're we're all selfish and we're not good stewards and not Christians for only taking care of ourselves, and that forms tribalism, and obviously that's white supremacy. Well, you look at... I think it was just recently somebody came out with an opinion piece. I can't remember who it was. Some probably dumb white woman that was saying white people shouldn't shop at like Hispanic stores or like, uh, uh, I don't know, ethnic stores because you're appropriating their cultural food. And it makes me wonder, like, I I know there's no such thing as reverse racism, whatever. You can't be racist towards white people. But what's the difference between, like, a collective of Hispanics, like, having their own community, having their own food source, having their own markets, or, God forbid, I'm not even saying white people, but, like, farmers or whatever, like, Midwesterners or, like, I don't know, uh, rednecks or something, like, just focusing on their own community. Not saying, hey, keep everybody out, but saying, hey, we're going to protect our own. I, I, I just don't see what the difference is, really.
0: And on the on the being able to feed ourselves, like the US buys wheat from Ukraine, Russia, all over Europe every year. For some reason the US just like buys all this wheat.
1: And Um, we send ours over there, which makes no sense.
0: Right. And US farmers, like we there are there are literally warehouses that sit for years until the wheat goes bad and just has to be uh dumped basically because don't use it fast enough and we produce more than we need. And then for some reason we import a shit ton as well. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, but so, so yeah, I mean, we can, we could easily produce everything that we need easily. And, and actually, so there's, I spent uh, almost 10 years working in the grain industry. Um, there's actually the biggest grain company in the U S is Japanese owned. And the right. reason that Japan bought their own grain company in the U S was to ensure that they always have a food supply. They, that was, that was it. Like at, at the end of the day, if, um, for those, for that company, when it comes time to either, uh, sell grain to make money or send grain to Japan to feed people, they will absolutely send everything to Japan and feed their people and fuck everybody here. So like they, they can, they, uh, they took the steps to ensure their food supply, which I mean, it's it's a brilliant tactic, and they paid me a lot of money for the years that I worked for them, so I'm not upset about it. They are
2: for the Christians tuning in here. They are since that's what we're looking at here. They are literally Joseph from the Old Testament. Uh, feeding, uh-huh. I, I, okay, I don't know. Uh, yeah, my my take on uh, the whole crazy lady here. Uh, I was looking back through it some more while you were uh, talking there, and and about the localism stuff uh i don't think she generally describes it incorrectly because you're looking at it and you're like yeah you know we're against uh, authoritarianism you know central government blah 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 all this stuff uh but then it's hard to mix in so it, it's just she's so woke and into her problematic politics of um the, now these people that are now doing this farming they're thinking of the inner cities as degenerates you know she she um projects so much of her, her, own problems and what she sees in this, it just goes from, you know, localism goes to nationalism, goes to white supremacy. Uh, and it's, it's really, it's, it's odd. And especially when you, you see more and more of, and by the way, that ties into the problematic issue with this Joel Suleton and this guy, Chris something, Chris Hammond, I think it was, I, I could get that name wrong. Um, the guy that was having the, the, the racial, uh, accusations of race where, uh, the Joel, the guy that she first talks about here is more into self-sustaining, taking care of yourself. And this other guy basically says, you know, once again, you've got to be a little more woke and you, uh, why we're doing things locally. And we want to be, um, thought of as not big companies. We definitely want um, big brother and we want co-ops and we want all these other ideas of taking care of us. So, um, And by the way, I think – and we'll go into, I'm sure, the Brexit stuff here. I think your definitions of that are incorrect as well. I mean, I I don't think there's polling to show that the reasons people were against Brexit was because they hated foreigners. By the way, Mm. I I just want to say this again. That Joel Salatin guy – I'm sorry I'm stuck on him because I went down a deep rabbit hole today – He's from, he's a, he's a, he's from Venezuela. Okay. So he's not some white nationalist guy. He, he had literally, his family were farmers there that moved, came to the U S immigrated and fuck, he's just not the quite the right kind of immigrant. So he,
0: you know, he took our jobs and now he's living <laughs> that uh, multicultural white supremacy. Right. That they've been telling us about. Fair enough. Well, yeah. One of the things that I, I kind of took issue with on this was when she really gets into her, kick on localism and and trying to tie localism to white supremacy and these like fringe groups, the alt-right and stuff like that and and into nationalism which is, again this is like the the mainstream media definition of nationalism Um, when she's doing all of that, she is it really feels like she is trying to uh, project her own opinions and views of what's good onto what localism should be. So like she wants your localism to basically be like a nice big hippie commune where it's, you know, peace, love, and everybody's free to come and go and do as you please. And and it's like this big melting pot of uh, horrible. Whereas like when I think of localism, I think of something more like a Mennonite or an Amish community or, you know, stuff like that. Like the more covenant community type of a thing where, it is a collection of like-minded people who are centered and focused on the same goals and the same things. And, and they generally want the same out of life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard to make something work on an extremely local level. If you have half a dozen conflicting ideas and views and and people going in every different direction, it's, well
1: communities are formed on like similar ideologies at least they used to be like people got together it's like oh yeah we all want this thing or we're all like fishermen let's all just like form on this like area where there's a bunch of fish and you know like i that that's what community is like I, i understand that america is diverse and there's a bunch of different ideologies and stuff but you generally attract to similar ideologies and That's not a race thing, in my opinion, because the thing that bothered me most was she was like, and even when you try to inject like to um, enhance diversity in that it's still a localist mindset. So it's still racism. It's like, how? wait, so if we put all these different cultures together, but we're still focused on the local level, that's still somehow racist that like none of this made any sense at all. That's why I I texted you in the group chat. I was like, this whole thing made my whole, my freaking head hurt because it
2: was
1: (laughs) so ironic. Like it was just filled with irony, the whole thing. And, but back to what I was saying, like, I don't see where the issue, like why all of a sudden, why there's this big issue for people of, similar ideology similar like belief systems and stuff to band together it's yes it's it's tribalism and whether i mean yeah bad things have happened under tribalism i understand that but a lot of good stuff and a lot of uh freaking progression has occurred under similar like similar mindsets getting together and working on uh, working on a common goal
0: that's why i brought up like mennonites and and amish and, and different uh types of communities like that and I mean, then even
1: is- barns. they pick up barns and walk away with them
0: <laughs> i thought you brought well, that I, up because your beard when you look at it like you look <laughs> at, at the things that those communities do like they don't they don't exclude people based on race or anything like that like there are uh, there are I, different ethnicity of mennonites and and amish like it definitely is more of a family thing and it's like, they're not super accepting of people, but at the same time they don't like if people have genuine interest and, and come with uh, come coming good faith with sincere, you know, desire to, to be a part of that and to integrate themselves into that, they, they don't turn them away. And, uh, and even like, uh, like the Mennonite communities back home, they, they let people who aren't part of the community come in and go to, and mm-hmm. in church with them and, and, be there um like on the farm and stuff so like like they're these are like the most extreme versions of localism in the way that she would probably define it as as leaning towards white supremacy in the i mean if you do look at those communities they are
1: 99.99
0: percent white but they're not exclusive they're not like white supremacists they're they don't think that uh they don't go towards the, that purity the way that she twists purity when you get into the uh, the later half of this where she's talking about, like, Christian purity and stuff and and somehow linking purity to meaning white supremacy and, and uh, ethnic purity.
1: But do you think—sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, do you think a culture such as the Amish or the Mennonites, do you think, like— we would consider, like, people would consider them kind of, like, behind in the times, I guess, but, I mean, they get a lot more shit done than we do. But do you think a culture like that would survive as long as it did how it is if it didn't have a sense of protectionism towards its community, towards its ideologies, uh, where it's they're a little bit more protective of it? It's not that they don't accept people in, but if you're in their community, you kind of follow their standards and their, maybe not their beliefs, but you're gonna do they I I don't know. You're going to work well, the way you have saying
0: historically is anytime a, a community opens itself up like I mean, this is throughout history. Whenever a community opens itself up and starts allowing other outside things to infiltrate into it and start to to change what made it what it was, it always falls apart. It always crumbles like the, the, So now
2: you're you're advocating for the um, overturning the 19th Amendment. Is that what I hear you're saying?
0: Uh, always always okay okay
2: <laughs> just just check it and see how this is going That's I think, you're thinking, I think
0: word I word. you're thinking of the 13th but uh, I'm, I'm actually okay with the 13th but uh yeah
2: the okay. 19th has got to go uh, it's a, a few things one one and maybe maybe this is an end question but I'll definitely forget it if we if we talk about it uh, when we get to the end is uh her what's her solution I did not really she's having this problem she's uh coming up with I did not give, really get a solution so I don't know how old she is, but I guarantee you, because I've I've been going to these things, I'm I'm much older than you guys, and I've been going to these markets. You know, I lived in Boulder, very uh, progressive town for years. Uh, There's all these kind of markets. Um, They were inundated with Che Guevara type. Hippies, right? Uh, those those communities and that tribe was a horrible mess. That I'm sure she wasn't complaining about that. But when when and the right, we would go to the markets too. They love these things. They just don't complain. They, they don't really give a shit. They're just buying their food and they're moving on. Now, the right or even libertarians are speaking out. Maybe they're saying, you know, I'm, I don't like your um, don't give uh, you know a corn to a Nazi bumper sticker or whatever you put in on your stupid thing there. Uh, And they're they're saying – they're calling you on your bullshit. Now everyone's a white supremacist, and she gets to use that term because everyone can use it now. Uh, And it's really to just – so you don't have to listen to these people. But once again, I don't know her solution. Maybe you guys uh, saw it in there.
0: You know, I figured out what the solution is, and it's that she should just shop at Whole Foods and stay away from the (laughs) farmer's markets. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she doesn't – she definitely doesn't present anything as a solution to it. There's there's nothing – she okay, so she identifies like these lofty ideas of white supremacy and nationalism that are going on at these farmers' markets, but she doesn't give any specifics as to what makes it that, other than the fact that these well, are. What's the problem deep- with
2: that? What What's the problem with let's say a white supremacist is giving you his corn cob, right? Uh, what's the what's <laughs> what's well, the and that kind
0: of takes us to the stuff that they that they she talks about in the uh, Brexit stuff, and then in Sweden, uh, so. Sweden is an interesting case study on um, nationalism, kind of the type of nationalism that they're talking about kind of becoming mainstream. Um, So Sweden had this policy of just taking in tons and tons and tons of immigrants and it really started to fuck up their culture. It started to really change what Sweden was, especially around uh, like Stockholm and some of the big cities, and and it really pushed people. Number one, it pushed people to leave cities and become more rural. And then it also pushed people who are in the cities uh, towards the towards a more legitimate type of white supremacist type nationalism, where they see all of these people just being brought in, like literally by the boatloads, and it's completely changing everything about their culture and not for the better, at least as not, not as far as they're concerned, but also like generally speaking, not for the better. Crime rates have shot through the roof. Like all kinds of, there's all kinds of problems that have come out of this since they've started doing this. Um, so so now you see the, the Nordic resistance movement, which uh she refers to as a neo a neo-Nazi group, but I'm not saying that Nazism wasn't uh or wasn't a bad idea like they they definitely had some pretty bad ideas but the reason that it came to be was because of um the Weimar Republic and everything that led up to World War 2 like there were there were things that created the situation that that brought that on and you see similar things creating that situation in Sweden which has brought on these groups that are now being labeled as neo-Nazi because they are more nationalistic uh it's not because they're like they're not neo-Nazi because they're suggesting that they should be rounding up all of the Muslim immigrants and putting them in uh ovens or anything it's because they are more nationalistic uh and that and that's that's really becoming prevalent in Sweden but, and then she talked but she talks about like when you meet these people in real life they're not their media image uh they're nice they're talkative they offer you good food like these are the yeah. ones who are who are talking about the dangers of fast food and not eating over-processed shit and, you know, getting back to nature and returning to organic, you know, stuff that's done the right way. Like it, it, it's, uh, there's, there, you know, there's an interesting, uh, blend of, of what's going on with these, with these groups that she for some reason just didn't expect, I guess.
1: Yeah. That was, that was the part that caught me too, where she's like, yeah it turned out all these races were really nice and stuff and they didn't they didn't spew hate and uh racial stuff and i um to your point um what what was her like solution i don't think there was a solution i think like i said at the beginning she shows up to this thing that she thinks is a hippie commune because they all support the environment realize there's like right wing people there that support the environment and her brain just kind of exploded and then she let it explode onto a piece of paper or onto her computer screen. And that's what we got out of this article. Like, it was just a bunch of just nonsense, just vomited all over a screen. Like, well, I, I ran into a racist uh, because he was a Trump supporter and their nationalistic views. And uh, that's obviously white supremacy. But they, I mean, to their defense, they were really they were really nice white supremacists. I, I don't understand. They're not what the media portrays. So, but on the other hand, they were separatists, which means they're white supremacists. And um, the thing that bothers me about people like this is like, I mean, you're, you're going to find racist people everywhere you go. It's shocking. I know. I know. Um, but the thing is, if you don't know they're racist, who fucking cares? Who really, who really, if that person has racial. Like racist tendencies or like a racist mindset. Like, take for example, Randy Weaver of Ruby Ridge conspiracy yeah. theory bullshit. Like, he was, he dealt in white supremacist groups. He, he like went to Aryan Nation meetings and stuff and he was always asking questions. Yes, he, he even claimed, uh, Yes, I am racist. I'm not a hate, like, he came out after the whole Ruby Ridge thing and he was like, I'm not one of these hateful racists that, that once, like other people to die and shit. He's like, I just have my, my own opinion, like separatist opinions. And that's why I moved to a fucking mountain to get away from everything. So I didn't have to deal with, and it's like, I I don't see a problem with that. If you have, if you don't wanna, if you don't like colored people, fine. And you wanna go live away from them on your own, fine. If you're not wanting to kill people, (laughs) fine. Who fucking cares? If you don't know that a person is racist, if you show up to a farmer's market and you're like, oh, there's racist people here, but I can't figure out which ones are racist. Then what's the goddamn problem?
2: Yeah, exactly. And and this is the great thing about, as we probably all agree here, the the, the wonders of the market. Uh, they're they're accentuated with a a, a farmer's market like this, and if some black guy isn't selling you something or you're not selling him something? that's going to you're, you're it's going to spread and everyone's going to know right away and it's going you're not going to be able to to hawk your wares unless you know maybe your wares are nazi propaganda i don't know so uh yeah it, it's it's a uh, once again i think you, you're talking about her brain breaking she had an agenda and then she wanted to write an article to support that of what things she had had one, she wasn't very accepting of other people not suddenly being in her little idea. So she has to, you know, call them names in a sense. And um, it, uh, I think it's what's interesting. Well, did anybody too, like,
0: even, <laughs> aside, not to, sorry to cut you off, but like, aside from no, I
2: was, <laughs> the,
0: the handful of people who stopped doing business with her over her anti Trump sentiments in 2016, like, did anybody actually? Push back against her. Like, it doesn't, I I don't see anywhere. Because if they did, like, if she actually had people come after her over something, or like she experienced real uh, exclusion or even saw real white supremacy, like, I guarantee you there would be at least four paragraphs entirely dedicated to talking about that. Let me read the
2: paragraph here. She said, uh, but this talks about the Trump stuff. She goes, but then more people I knew who were involved in sustainable practices came out as pro-Trump and anti-immigrant, which might have just said, hey, let's have some uh, border security. I don't know. I'm astonished by growers who reviled Muslims and spread hateful slander by refugees while selling their heirloom veritables. And have been developed in the Latin America and Middle Eastern nations, but I bet she was all for closing down the country and doing a full sale ban on uh, travel during COVID, mm-hmm. and probably wanted a vaccine mandate for everybody as well. So, uh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. So so she, the the only person that I gather here that is so like single minded. That wants everybody to believe what they want to believe in that community is her like yeah. she's she's yeah. more tribalistic than they are they're willing to come to this um this kind of melting pot of like you got liberal hippies you got like conservative farmers and stuff just selling and making a making a dime off it and then living off the the local produce But she's the only one there that's like, everybody here has got to think like me and be in my mindset. It's like, so who's the tribalist here?
2: What, 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 I'm disappointed this was written in 2021 and not after Roe v. Wade, because, you know, she would have uh, mentioned oh, something man. about uh, a, some sort of a back farmer's market abortions or something like that. Uh, my, my crescendo that I wanted to get to was she writes about Christianity and Catholicism. Uh, and I see this way too much. I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but I, I'm a Christian and I see this with that. They, they they have a religious belief, but their real sacrosanct and their their belief is the state. Uh, or politics and to me this is really where she digs in here otherwise she would you know just keep it to more of the Christianity thing and accepting these white supremacists as part of you know God's people and trying to bring them in and change their minds as that one black guy did with the kKK uh, but you know that's my I, I, it, it, her real religion is something else besides Catholicism that's my getting mm-hmm.
0: that's I think that is kind of the crux of modern religion. Uh, I've, I've yeah. actually talked about it a couple times on different episodes. Like what, what, what passes for uh, what passes for Christianity in today's society and today's culture is not even remotely close to what Christianity is supposed to be. It's this, it's this politically driven progressive idea of uh, like the buddy Jesus image and it's it's a perversion of what christianity and principles and and faith are supposed to be all about um and yeah so you get you get into that where she's you know she's talking about these catholic communities and stuff like that And, and like for some reason she seems to think that any form of natural segregation is white supremacist is basically the way it i mean that's kind of the way it reads to me it's like these right. people chose to go do this thing together so because they're all white that means they're white supremacists they they excluded I, the, but they didn't exclude anybody they just happened just to so come. happened
1: most of the people there were white in that community it i mean and i would be willing
0: to bet that if there were black people that wanted to come with them or there were mexicans who wanted to come with them or god forbid even if there were like muslims who wanted to come with them and be a part of that community if they were on board with the ideals and the principles and the things that those people in that community wanted and they were similarly aligned in the goals of the community they would have been welcome like uh, more often than not the when you see uh segregation happening in in nature it's more of a uh because the other ones don't ask to come along not because the other not the ones who are segregating themselves said no you can't come it's because nobody asked hey can we come
2: I and I think look it's it's once again it's it's kind of like there's a problem uh, and as she sees it which is kind of undertones here which is um, black people aren't represented that's the 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 mother or mother earth whatever it is news they were trying to be more now diverse. And so having people of color, BIPOCs or whatever it is, come in and and write for them. Now, okay, so if that's the problem, is it now uh, incumbent on the farmers that they're the racists for preparing food and having farms because they're all white? Is it the problem though of the black people and others that uh, minorities that aren't actually getting involved in that themselves? So Mm. what do you do when you have, it's like snow skiing. Okay, there's not enough black snow skiers or swimmers. What are we gonna do about that? Is it, the problem the of river, this, <laughs> is it the problem work. of the the people who are actually doing it and the uh, the associations or is it the problem that they're they're all coming from the inner city which is a we go all the way back to Woodrow Wilson, Wilson and uh, Johnson and stuff like that so to me I I think that's that's an issue and I don't know what it's you like to walk around that and blame it's weird to blame kind of the Uh, The farmers market people for, I mean, we don't have enough black farmers, I guess. What do we do about that? We go in and
1: snatch them up and force them into the fields, I guess. That's the only solution.
2: There was a lot more back in the 18 something. Yeah, I
1: I feel we tried that. I feel like we tried that before (laughs) and it didn't work out so well.
2: (laughs) No, but evidently she's for it. I don't know.
0: I mean, arguably, it was working out fine until, you know, people (laughs) decided to start fighting about it. Right. (laughs) Uh, Cotton.
2: I mean, Eli Whitney wouldn't have came up with a cotton gin if it hadn't worked out so well.
0: (laughs) We are a bunch of white supremacists for sure. A lot of progress
1: was made.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. That's what I meant. Uh,
2: I don't know. I'm still – our chickens are still uh, producing uh, (laughs) – White eggs. Oh God! Uh, some of them are colored, though. We do that. We have. We do four, have a few colored eggs. We have there. four black chickens, by the way.
1: Oh, damn! Getting the diversity, right? One's quota in there.
2: We have a Diamond and Silk. I don't know what the other one's called.
0: I say, wait until you uh, your black chickens start laying green eggs, and then you'll just be completely confused.
2: I uh, yeah, you, you know, you look at their feet, and that's the color that the eggs are. By the way, that's the the
1: clue. Oh, <laughs> did not know that. So yeah. we just get a
0: we get a lot of brown and green eggs. I, I don't have yeah. many white eggs around around our yeah. house.
1: Yeah. Like, a... This whole thing just makes my brain hurt so bad.
0: So so let's let's get into some of her tying it back to Christianity uh, to kind of start to to wind it down a little bit. Did we go to the um, Brexit
2: stuff? Oh yeah. Well, there, I kind of
0: breezed I kind of breezed past Brexit and went straight into uh Sweden nationalism which mm. Which is my own fault just because um, – see, now i got to find the website. There is a – there's like a alt-right uh, – it's not even alt-right. Like it's, it's extreme right um, Swedish website that it is funny as shit. I don't know if it's deliberately funny or if that's just the way they report the, the news, but it is amazing. And like in, in think- all the best ways. Like they're super, super nationalistic.
2: They, they have a lot of that over there, right, over in, uh, in Europe, right? And so I, I wonder if it's because you have such a homogenous society and then suddenly you have a, a massive influx of, like, uh, you know, Middle Eastern or whatever uh, immigration that they have that it causes this diverse – not diverse, but it causes this divide in the country more? Or, or what? And I know their left-right is – I would say it's a little different than ours. So there are quite a bit of
0: – there are a lot of studies that have been done on it because you have seen it a lot um, – it did, to some extent, drive Brexit. Like, like you were you were getting at earlier. Like, that's uh, Brexit didn't happen because all of the uh, English countryside decided to be a bunch of uh, white supremacists. But there, it did definitely play at least some. Not the white supremacy, but the the mass in influx of immigrants uh, played some role in that decision. Uh, you've seen it in France, where. I don't know how Macron won this time around. Like the opposition to him was insane and he still managed to win. Um, you're seeing it in Italy, um, the, the Nordic countries, um, shit, Sweden, Denmark. Uh, it, it's, it is more and more prevalent across Europe and across the European Union. That they've had this big influx of uh, Germany. Germany is a a great example. Uh, there is there's a whole lot of nationalistic, like really strong nationalist movements going on in Germany that could could really upset their political structure and and kind of turn the country um, back in more of a Nazi Germany type of direction. Which like when which. Because they're doing a lot of the same things that were happening at the time that Germany turned to Nazi Germany. Like, Mm -hmm. um, if you don't learn from the past, it's doomed to repeat itself. Printing press
2: and just yeah, driving their market uh, their
0: their dollar down and everything. Yeah, like you're seeing it. You're seeing it playing out all throughout Europe. Where,
1: um, well, countries are realizing people of countries are realizing when we're not looking after our own, we kind of get the shaft in the end of it. And then all of a sudden it's like a cycle thing. It's like, well, we got to be more inclusive. We got to be more global, uh, like global minded and stuff. And then it comes to find out uh, like a war happens in Russia and Ukraine. And then we get fucked over here. It's like, maybe we got to look out for ourselves a little more. Maybe we got to get somebody in office that has our interest at hand because we're, I mean, the Germans, how many articles uh, headlines have you seen that Germans are afraid of freezing? It this winter because they know that the energy right. cr- crisis is just going to like multiply ex- exponentially i mean you got like
0: firewood I, I, was trending in yes in, on german twitter saying. yesterday because That's people are trying to find firewood so they can keep warm because they know they're not going to have gas
1: yeah so that i mean people's self-interest drives nationalism localism then that inevitably drives nationalism because it's like I don't want to freaking freeze to death or starve to death this winter, so I, I want somebody that's going to look out for my interest. And on the other hand, what countries are more nationally have more national protectionism than the blatant communist countries out there? Like what yeah. what what countries? What capital capitalist countries are more self centered than like communist China? Uh, freaking, uh, what's the other one? Like Venezuela, like those kind, like what what country? Oh, uh, North Korea. What what countries protect are more internally protectionist than communist countries? So when you when you get the same people that are touting communism and globalism, it's like look at the communist countries because they are like yeah, they have global markets, but they are the most self centered, like protect their own countries out there.
0: So another interesting thing in this topic and and like. And talking about protection, being really protectionist. um, I've spent, like I said before, I've spent too much time kind of looking at the Sweden thing and what's going on in Sweden. Um, Prior to Sweden bringing in like a whole bunch of Middle Eastern immigrants, the applicant, like you had to go through an application process to move to Sweden. Like you could go and stay on like a work visa or or a tourist visa for a couple months. But then once your visa was over, you had to yeah, get the fuck out. Like you don't yeah, you get had to do leave for
1: like three months before you could come back. I yeah, remember. They're like, no, okay,
0: cool. Thanks for visiting. Now go away and don't come back for a while. Um, and if you wanted to like actually move there and live there, it was a like literally years process. And you had to go through applications and you had to be able to prove that you had a job that you had, a, you had to have, you had to prove a minimum income. Like it wasn't like you're showing up, uh, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to work at McDonald's and make $7.25 an hour. And I, you had to prove minimum income or they were not letting you in. Uh, like, there was a huge application process. And then, so they were very protectionistic in the way that they, you know, structured their society. And it worked really well. And then they threw it all out and just started, you know, bringing in immigrants with none of that whatsoever. And it, it's completely wrecked or for a time and to a extent it completely wrecked their, their society. And they've done a lot over the last several years to kind of uh, course correct and write that, but there's still some lingering lingering effects of that that you see. And, and that's why you get some of these like nationalistic pushes and why they become very popular because, because people are seeing it and being loud about it. And then the other people who don't want to be loud about stuff are also seeing that and, Then they start to quietly back it, and and then it it gains momentum.
2: And I'm sure, you know, look, we have the, like, the United States is is vast, right? But yet we have all these states, and, you know, Texas has a lot of pride. All these little uh, different states have their pride. So I take those states, and I move that to Europe. Uh, And it's probably even more so with different languages. Right. So now, if let's say, well, we kind of have that with (laughs) dialects in the U.S. But you can understand that. uh, And so when you start to have um, states or little countries, you know, small regional countries, um, immigrate and they're, they're seeing everything changing. And it's once again, we talk about the homogeneity of this. I think that does then to, it's easy to rile up a whole group of, you know, the, the countrymen basically of like, whoa, whoa, what's uh, what's happening here? Um, by the way, back to this lady. She said, Brexit likely never would have happened were it not for the spirit of hostility to to and fear of the outsiders, specifically the UK's diverse immigration population. She doesn't have proof of anything. She likes to do these declarative statements with no real backing up, uh, which is always mm-hmm.
1: a problem to me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just a little
2: scattered on that but there you go
1: yes i mean that's very that's a very shallow single-minded take on why brexit happened i guess at its core it's back to the people wanted what was best for their best interest and to stay in the uh, european union didn't seem like it had their best interest and so they wanted to split away from that whether that stemmed from uh, immigration probably probably some um but the the key to look at here is if you're not if, if your people think hey you're not looking out for me then like like for example here uh how how many times i mean they call us a representative democracy or whatever um how many times does something get passed and you're like i had no interest in that whatsoever that i mean that yeah, yeah, it's just like what what happened to a representative you're not representing me in any any way shape or form. And so once once especially smaller countries like that, it, it's more like um I don't know. It's more like in your face because it's not like like our country's so spread out that there's so many different ideologies that it's easier to to pinpoint what's not working for your country. What's not working for this group of people when it's a small like like state-sized country, like, uh, like Britain, where it's just like, um, yeah, the, the union voted for this and that's not working out for our, that'd be like Texas saying, you know, this energy bill is not working out for us. We're not voting for it. We want, we want to secede. How many times do you hear Texas saying they want to secede anyway? Uh, it, it's the same thing. It's not a race, racist thing. It's a, uh, we, we want to look out for our own people, whether that's white people who knows? I don't know. But if it's not working out for our people, we don't want anything to do with it.
2: Uh, one of my good friends lived in France for like 10 years. Uh, he just came back. To, he lives in D.C. He's kind of a lefty. But I, I had a conversation with him and he's he's talked about France and they're very nationalistic. I mean, you know, uh, if, if you're uh, Anglo uh, at all, I mean, you, you get it's it's bad, right? So you don't want France dictating what's going on in Brex in and in, in the UK and the UK mm-hmm. doesn't want what's going on in there. You know they don't want these things back. Imagine if we could have a national divorce that all that we had to do was vote for it, like Brexit, that would be um, that would be fantastic.
1: That'd be amazing. Yeah. Right. But also, so
2: I understand why they did it. Uh, no offense, you know, it, it uh, the EU wasn't isn't isn't something that's been on for hundreds of years. It just came out. You know what? In the nineties was it two thousand mm-hmm. something
0: yeah, late '90s, early 2000s. I guess it was in the planning stages in the late '90s, and actually came to fruition in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not like it's some longstanding thing. And and arguably, like they talked about all the things that uh, whenever that was happening, they there was there were articles and stuff that talked about all the things that that Britain was going to be missing out on, losing out on if they if they left the European Union. And what's they don't seem to be any worse for the wear. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think the biggest problem you would have over there is uh, be, th- the ability to easily travel like we do between states, right? So mm. you know, over there you just—it's an easy thing—and um, using the uh, the euro rather than the pound and da 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 da. But you know, the ease of using your phone and credit—I think it just makes all those excuses um, wane. So who knows? I haven't been there um, in a
1: while. One one part that stood out to me in this. Is separate from what we've been talking about. I just wanted to point this out. The part that stood out to me was when she said that the fear of globalism is just anti Semitism, like hidden, like shrouded anti Semitism, because globalists. I mean, is she calling all global leaders Jewish? And is that her calling it that? Because
0: <laughs> words like globalist are often deployed as a dog whistle for Jewish as a covert anti Semitic slur. Localism as a West, as a defense of Western values or as a prevent, or as a per, preservation of white Western civilization as some kind of fundamentally superior society is shorthand for white supremacy.
1: Yeah, every time I've mentioned I, I hate globalism, I've never had in my mindset I hate freaking Jewish people. It's just right. never. If I'm gonna say that. fuck
0: the Jews. I just say fuck the Jews. I don't right. I don't shroud it in you know <laughs> talking about globalism.
1: Yeah, it's like people saying, let's go, Brandon, to cover up that. No, I'm just going to say, fuck Joe Biden if I want to say it. But <laughs> um, I, I don't see. I, I get that the anti-globalist movement, I mean, has kind of evolved out of that anti-Jewish set. Like the Jews run the banks and uh, the Jews run Hollywood. I get that it probably started that way. But anymore, I, I don't think you could pin globalism on one people group and if anybody's pinning it on the jews it would be her by making that statement i would think
2: she does tie it in with a a prope francis um comment but i'm not catholic so she can go fuck herself
0: i did find her solution um her solution is that it's important to center. is it the final
2: one (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> sorry it's it's important to to center, to center i almost said the final uh to, to center non-white leaders in local food movements and take advantage of opportunities for global collaboration uh, i like that's kind of the antithesis antithesis of the local
1: yeah farm how market. do you have how do you have a global farmer's market i like how right. she's like well, I get seeds from Ukraine, and I get my my tomato plants from from Brazil, and it's just like, okay, fucking good for you. Who cares? But that's <laughs> but not, that's also that's
2: not, a, that's not a farmer's market. That's
1: that's yeah, a so grocery store. Say, yes, that's not local farming at that point. It, yeah, if you want to procure your seeds online and buy them off Amazon, great, good for you. You're you're saving the world one one Amazon order at a time, I guess. But
0: yeah, she's a little more into the hippity dippity shit, like the people that that I know that do like the, the real uh, growing their own stuff type of thing. Like they're saving seeds from the stuff that they grew this year to grow more stuff next year. They're not ordering it from Ukraine and Brazil and they, they they are cultivating their own seeds so that next year they can plant their own, like they're, they're practicing actual self-sufficiency. She's, she's practicing. um, What's the, it, it's the, it's the, uh, like the, the white uh, suburban housewife version of, uh, of growing your own food. Like, yeah. all right, I'm going to, I'm going to order my seeds from Amazon and then I'm going to plant them in these little planters that I ordered from Amazon. And then I'm going <laughs> to package it all up in these nice little boxes that I ordered from Amazon. Then I'm going to go set it all out a, on the,
2: <laughs> does she want some sort of like uh ethnic, in, she wants a central planned yeah, locally central planned, Uh, Some sort of farmers market that's controlled by a foreigner, right, or something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, She
0: she wants to make sure that um, that the global elites are able to keep our local farmers markets diverse and.
1: Now you said global elites. That's dog whistle for anti-Semitism.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: (laughs) <laughs> hey, here's the here's the dumb part if, if every time I and my wife goes to these all the time. We have one here locally, but each one of these little places that they're, they're selling at a farmers market. It's conveniently done, but these are farms, right? So you can see. Right there, in that some they use your phone, you can uh, pay for it and everything. Uh, but it says, Here's where my farm is. So if they're not, if they're gonna be excluded because they're white, just go to their fucking farm or you can order it and have it delivered. So this farmer's market is nice, but once again, she's going to the market's going to make these white supremacists. I'm still gonna want my corn cobs from my white supremacist or whoever it's gonna be done. I mean, white
1: so, supremacists put out the best corn cobs, you gotta admit. <laughs>
2: I'd, I've never been corn corn qu- cornhole. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. Something as good like that. as when a white supremacist does it. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Northern California. All these are foreigners. I mean, that's that, it's it's crazy.
0: Let's say so. So, what do we think of the article overall? And what's the uh, what's the actual solution to? Uh,
1: well, well, well. The Christian thing, the true Christian thing, would do, would be to uh, uh, globalize the local farmers and <laughs> like, uh, convert them this, to so Jesus. This is something is I, I wanted to hit on. <laughs>
0: this is something I did want to hit on because she does bring Christianity into it. Like, like the the early Christian church was, um, they were very welcoming of people and they were very helpful to people, but they were also an incredibly closed community because mm-hmm. they were literally being persecuted and murdered. So like they were, uh, they were not in, it, they weren't exactly all about like inclusivity and stuff like that. Like they were, they were pretty tight and, and pretty exclusive. Um, and, and there are, there are plenty of scripture that even backs that like you should kind of do the, the covenant community type thing. And like, if you have um uh, People who are coming in that are are coming in in bad faith and that are bringing things that are that are going to damage the uh, the culture and and the beliefs and the faith and the values of what you're doing, uh, you need to get rid of those people. Like that, this is this is scriptural. This is, it's not just like Hoppa saying you know uh, physical removal. Like it, it's scriptural to to keep those types of people out of your out of your community.
1: It's the biblical version of don't water down the brand. Yeah, um, I like how she she ties in the it basically the whole go into the world type like reach like reach the whole world is the the great commission in the Bible like go into the world, but but she tied that back to and, and a lot a lot of uh, the left ties biblical to, like jesus movement or whatever the disciples into communism because you're i mean you're looking out for the elderly you're looking out for the children you're feeding the needy and stuff but but the thing people don't understand is that was communism at a localized level it was like voluntary like people of the same ideologies as we mentioned earlier in the show coming together with the same belief system and protecting their own it was is very much tribalism in that that aspect but it wasn't like like jesus wasn't like uh j- uh jesus said feed the hungry he didn't say hey hey give, give your money to caesar to feed the hungry and force some sort of whatever political communism on them and then then she comes back to well he the whole scripture is based on global like global reach and it's like you, you're really really stretching what you're saying here to to make it fit this this mindset that you have, you're you're stretching Christianity again, watering down the brand to fit this whole um, idea of I I don't know what we want to call it if we can't call it globalism because that's anti-Semitic.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, the the, the religious part, it, well said, actually, Craig. Uh, some of the religious parts, and, and I've been bothered by this for some time, which is you have a um, a, a movement that's it, been, you know, last hundred years where we've taken churches out of taking care of people to the government now right. does it. You know, even Rothbard um, and for New Liberty, I think he talked about the Mormon church, which I'm not a Mormon either, uh, talked about the Mormon church and their ability to take care of community. And not a lot of that stuff is taken away. I don't think she has that as her solution here. So um, it, I, I'm bothered by a lot of the Christianity stuff that she has. Because it's it's garbage. I mean, even the Bible says, you know, ta- tax collectors are sinners and other uh, awful people. I, I believe that in full force. Uh, I also believe in taking care of your community and being a Christian in in that aspect. And you know, the the one great thing which I've said here about, which is uh, we're talking about farmers' market, but the market itself is. It will If you need something and someone else has it and you have to exchange for it, you're going to be out there with these people. If they're white supremacists, they're not going to be white supremacists for long. And, and they're by the way, they're not. She has no proof that that's the case. Uh, these are just right-wing people who love to, to sell their goods and they will gladly do it for you. And you know what? You're, if you have a conversation with them, you're going to win hearts and minds through the, the, the conversion of the dollar in exchange for, your once again, your corn cobs. Well, the, I don't know why I'm stuck on that. But you are uh, stuck on your corn cob. I, I need some help.
0: <laughs> with the with the globalist mentality, uh, I think there is a lot of emphasis on traditional transactional type stuff. And, and what you'll see with these farmer's markets is there are connections that are made. And so, uh, you know, I have eggs and you have tomatoes and that guy over there has cows and, uh, you know. Yeah. You, you, you make those connections and, and you build those those communities locally where I'll give you three dozen eggs if you'll give me you know, a, a bucket of tomatoes and, or you know a couple ga- a gallon of milk or like we can, we can make exchanges where I have the things that you need and you have the things that I need and we can move stuff around where um, a lot of this for this like um, you know, we keep going back to the word, but a lot of this globalist stuff to work, uh, it has to be in the traditional transactional manner because it has to be taxed. It has to be recorded. It has to be documented. You have to be able to see who does what and, and when and where and why and how. And, and, and when you start to become extremely local, then you start to cut all of that out. And that's, you know, then you, then you don't, you can't have the, the forced homogenization. Like that's, that's the ultimate goal is for yeah. it to just be this giant melting pot where you can't tell anybody apart. Uh, that's, I think that's the, uh, some of the push for like the transgen or transgender stuff and, and everything else is, and like, the, um, the inclusivity and diversity and all of that is they want it to be this giant canvas of everything is completely different, but it's all exactly the same. Like it's mm-hmm. diversity with no diversity whatsoever. They ultimately, you are just one of, billions and not yourself
1: but but what they're coming to find out is when you force this uh, homogenization if that's the word that's when people like kind of pull back and build those barriers it's like when it comes down to what we're saying the, the the local level where it's just like i mean we talk in dollars and cents or we talk in like transactions. It's like, I I don't think there's too many farmers markets out there. That's going to be like, we don't serve your kind around here. And like, turn down a dollar, turn down. Like some black guy comes up. is like, Hey, I'll give you 50 bucks for this. They're not going to be like, I'm sorry. We don't serve blacks around here. We're not going to take your money because it's dirty black money. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. Even if they are racist at the core, some guy comes up and offers them money. They're going to take the money. But and and when you're in those settings, like people just get along because they kind of have to for a community to work. But then when you start coming in and forcing different ideologies on these people, that's when they pull back and they they entrench themselves in their ideologies. That's why, like like I was saying, with with the European countries that are going more nationalistic, it's like you're. You're attacking their best interest and then they are pulling back harder and entrenching themselves more on their protectionism. Like, no, we got to take care of our own. And and you see that with, I, I don't know, ra- more racial tendencies when you start uh, or racist tendencies. It's like when you start saying, no, you, you got to adhere or whatever, phobias, whatever, ho- homophobias or whatever they're calling them these days. Um, <laughs> it's like you got to you got to support what they believe. You got to support. Um, like your morals have to fit their morals and there's, and then people are pulling back. It's like, no, I don't agree with that. I'm going to entrench myself harder into it. So that's why they are finding so much more problems with um, like racism or homophobia or whatever, because they're trying to force it in your face and people like, huh, -uh, I don't agree with this when it's just people transacting with each other, not sharing their beliefs or whatever, just, Dollars and cents in transactions, it's just like, eh, we'll just get along together.
2: And by the way, that's that's exactly that whole, when we started this with, in the, the article started with Joel Saladin and, and this Chris kid. Uh, Joel, in his uh, re- remarks, he's like, look, I'm going to push back against this guy's assumption that, you know, my farm does X, Y, and Z, so many cows, per whatever. And he's like, he's got a bunch of facts wrong. He goes, the mere fact I'm going to push back, I'm going to be called a racist and I don't care. Which is interesting because nothing he says is racial. He just says this guy is so woke, and that's that's his focus. That I'm going to be, you know, vilified, uh, but for that, uh, I had something else, and I don't remember. It's right, right past me.
0: Well, I was just about to ask, do we have anything else? Uh, I feel like we covered all of the the big bases. I wanted to with this. Um, we hit a little bit on the. The definitional stuff of localism and nationalism. We talked a little bit about the Christianity aspects of it. Got into Brexit and in Sweden. And
2: uh, I did want to. Now I, it came back to me, which is her her stuff is a lot of it's anecdotal, right? And then she tries to prog- uh, profess progress that out to everything else. Uh, but if like where I'm at, Northern California, we have all kinds. We go to a farmers market. It's just not white people. There's Asians. There's uh, Mexicans. All kinds. And now we know. I don't know if she's aware of this, but um, certain ethnic groups are really racially uh, they don't like other ethnic groups in some sorts. And and that's not brought out in this. So there's a white supremacy and then there's an Asian supremacy. And I, without getting into too much detail, yet they seem to um, still, you know, sell their wares and goods, too. So whatever. Leave. And so
0: there are there are other groups that are a lot, a lot more exclusionary than uh, mm-hmm. white people even even then even then like the white supremacists so. or the globalists <laughs>
1: but if 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 you bring that up if you even mention that you're a white supremacist it's like <laughs> right for notice. it's like well yeah. what what about the Asians cuz i mean i don't know any people group more protectionist than yeah. Asians and I like you were to, talking japanese
2: first or second generation uh you know a- asian girl and see what her dad says
1: yeah Like, Justin, you were talking about the the Asian farm company that's like, when when the shit hits the fan, all that shit's going back to Asia to protect their own. I mean, try to be a white person and be like, well, when the shit hits the fan, I'm feeding all my white buddies over here and then fuck the rest of y'all. Um, yeah you're you're a white supremacist but if you call out that if you if you even dare to say man asians are way more protectionist than white people then you're a white supremacist for just saying that
0: right i, I think i should do an episode where we just take a list of random things and is it white supremacy and uh, the answer is yes to all of them yeah. <laughs> yeah, of yes course. well guys give your plugs and uh we'll wrap up
2: uh I'm Tyler. Uh, find me on Twitter. I do the Libertarian Podcast Review. Um, we're doing another Kill podcast episode coming up this next week. So anybody out there who want to come on, talk about your podcast or your wife or your your chickens, I don't care, uh, let me know and we'll put you on. Perfect. That's it.
1: All right. I'm, I'm Craig. I host the Break the Bell podcast. Um, my handle is at Break the Bell pod. Uh, we, we just break down what's going on in the world and expose bullshit for bullshit, I guess. what um, We usually uh, take an anti-globalist approach to our all our episodes, which I guess now makes me a an anti-Semite. So I, I guess now I'm the anti-Semitic Break the Bell podcast.
0: As well you should be. And be sure to go find the new Break the Bell on YouTube and subscribe to it because I jinxed the, the last one and got it nuked. You did are you uh, anywhere else craig
1: i'm on i'm all over the the podcast platforms i'm on twitter and facebook and and all the the social media is the handles at break the bell pod but yeah you can find me on any podcast platform spotify um itunes everything
0: you know i'm two for two i got uh the peddling fiction youtube channel nuked and then Damn. i got yours nuked so somehow i haven't gotten my own nuked yet i guess i play <laughs> a little more Play this one a little more close to the vest. But, it's well,
1: funny because I didn't even get nuked for your episode. You just commented this one will get you nuked, and then like two days later, I was nuked.
0: Called <laughs> it. Well, thanks, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Uh, be sure to tune back in on Wednesday, where I will be back with a brand new episode where I talk about uh, probably globalism because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Jews. All right, have a good one, everybody. <laughs> thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin.